Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. So, but I made it here, and I, I feel like I've got a prophetic message for you and for your church. I really do. I, I feel like God gave me a prophetic message um, specifically for you in this season. And uh, I believe God wants to unlock some things over these next couple mi- moments. Because in order to be the church that God's called you to be, you do not just need a brave pastor. You have to have a brave church. A, a, a church is not a building. A church is, is not a brand. A church is made up of brave people. Brave individuals, brave men, brave women that carry and have the power of Jesus Christ living on the inside of them, that know what it is to fight and know what it is to break through. And I believe we have some of those people that are in this room. And I believe over the next 25 minutes through this message, I believe God's going to help you unlock something in your own heart to give you confidence and boldness to be the brave Christian, the brave man, the brave woman that God's called you to be. I want you to go in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4. We'll have it on the screen as well. 2 Kings chapter 4. I like you already. It feels like, it feels like home in here. Second King, come on, man. We got some family up in here. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. I'm, I'm going to read six verses to you, and, uh, and, and then we'll break this thing down. Says the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. You ever had something die? A dream, a vision, idea, a relationship? Says, My servant, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? This is one of the most important questions that you'll ever ask yourself. What do I have in my house? Because God never uses something outside of you. God always uses something that's inside of you. You you don't need what I have. You just need to see what you have. So one of the most important questions that you can ask yourself is, what what is in my house? And this woman, this is what she says. "What, What do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except, which that's not nothing. But she says, your servant has nothing, because that was her perspective of what she had. Your servant has nothing there at all except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons, pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. And then, and only then... The oil stopped flowing. I, I want to speak to you just from a, for a couple of minutes from this subject. Capacity, crisis. C- capacity, crisis. Th- this story is interesting because this woman, she had a husband that had provided for her, that had supplied her needs. And when he died, all of a sudden now she was in conflict. All of a sudden, she had a need that she didn't have before, and she went to the man of God. And I'm going to tell you this, you need to know where you go in trouble. 
You need to know what you run to. Where you run in difficult times shows a lot about who you are. What you run to and who you run to shows a lot about what you trust and where you put your faith. And you don't see it in good times. You see it when you're in trouble. So you can be in brave life and you can be doing great. But when trouble hits you, where do you run? This woman, she ran, thank God, to the man of God. And she said, I need help. I can't pay my bills. And this is what the man of God says. The man of God tells her to go get a bunch of jars. So he says, in order to help your empty, I want you to go collect more empty. Because he didn't tell her to get jars that were full. He, wanted, he told her to get jars that were empty. Now this is interesting because when we go to our pastors, when we go to leaders, we, we, we usually ask for something. When you go to God, you need something. God, I need this. I need this. Did you know that, that when, when you ask for patience, God never gives you patience. He gives you a wife. Or kids. Or a husband. Goes both ways. Right? God, God doesn't give you the finished product. He gives you the ingredients that you need in order to get the finished product. God doesn't give you an apple, it gives you a seed. So in order for to meet her need, God doesn't give her a commodity. He doesn't give her currency. He gives her capacity. He says, in order to meet your need, you don't need me to give you a handout. What you need is for me to give you an idea of capacity. So go collect jars. Go collect capacity go collect space you, you ever run out of space you know what I'm talking about like like I was just this literally just happened to me your worship was so awesome and I liked one of those songs and I got my camera out and I'm like man this is incredible and that oh no I saw you know you know what this happens you have ran out of storage so now I'm deleting pictures of my family to try to get pictures of the worship. I'm like, sorry, baby, you got to go. You got, I'll see you when I get home. My kid's like, that's a cute one, but like, he's, he's still here. Because I ran out of space. And in order to capture a moment, I had to create more capacity. So capacity, for us, a lot of times capacity, well, let me just say it this way. Capacity is emptiness. It, it, it really de it depends on your perspective. But an empty jar, it, you could see it as empty, but you could also see it as capacity. So I want to propose something to you. That your, the, your empty places in your life, the places of emptiness, the places of loss, the places of trouble, the places of longing, maybe, just maybe, that the places of emptiness are not just emptiness. Maybe the places of emptiness is capacity. Maybe God is setting you up. Maybe, just maybe, God's setting you up to create space for the miracle that he's about to provide in your life. He's... Where there's great opposition, there's great opportunity. The opposition is emptiness. The opposition is capacity. The opposition is space. Opposition is a prophetic indicator that God is about to do something in your life. Your perspective about trouble is everything in your life. You know what happens? Trouble hits, we're like, God, why? No, no, when trouble hits, an empty space is created. And when the empty space is created, you should get excited. Because wherever there is space, God desires to fill. Did, 
This is why your church has to keep expanding. Because you can't have a, just a full room and say we've done a good job. You have to keep, that's why you got to support your pastor. Because we have to keep expanding. That's why you need more campuses. That's why you need more services. Well, well I kind of like it how we have it. Well, that's fine. But if you don't create space, if you don't create capacity, you will have a capacity crisis. And a capacity crisis is the problem of most Christians is that they, they have looked at their capacity the wrong way. They've been mad at God because there's space and they haven't understood that God's trying to do something in the midst of their emptiness, that God's trying to work in the place of space. Emptiness equals opportunity. Let me say it this way. This woman's capacity was created by her conflict. What are you going through right now? Whatever you're going through right now, whatever trouble, whatever difficulty, whatever crisis, it is creating capacity for you, and that capacity is making way for God to work. I see emptiness as a problem. God sees emptiness as an opportunity. There's a, there's a difference. In, in verse 3, Elisha said, Go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars, and don't ask for just a few. So I want, to just, I want to just share this because you have to catch this before we go where we're going. You got, you got to see this. He says, go get a bunch of empty jars. So she goes and she gets a bunch of, em, bunch of empty jars. She begins to pour the oil. The only thing she had, she began to pour. And she began to pour that oil out and begin to fill the jars. She reached for another jar and her son says, there's no more jars. Now I want to show you something that's really interesting in this story. Her capacity was capped by her perspective of what she needed. Now, now let, me show you, let me show you this. When the prophet said, go get a bunch of empty jars, she started calculating in her mind, how much oil do I need to pay my bills? Okay? This, this, this is going to help you. How much oil do I need to, to pay my bills? So she collected enough jars. When the oil stopped flowing, because that was how many jars, that's how much space she created. And so the oil filled as much space as she created. But she stopped creating space at some point because her perspective of what she needed was what she needed for herself. Now let me ask you a question. The oil was flowing. So what ran out? What ran out? Space or oil? Space. If she would have had more space, would God have had more oil? So she gathered enough oil for her home, but there was enough oil for the city. Now see, this is, this is what's crazy. Is that what God's put in you, in space, is not just for you. It's for everybody that you're called to. That's why you need enough capacity. That's why you need enough space. That's why you need enough emptiness. Not just for you. Not just for your home. You need enough space for your family. That's why we need a brave church that has faith to create capacity. And when God says to begin to gather jars, you don't stop at just enough for you. You recognize that you are God's weapon. You are God's tool. You are God's hands and feet. And you need enough capacity for the entire city. Because... Listen to this. If you have space, God has oil. If you have space, God has oil. God's not running out. There is no lack in heaven. 
There's no lack of power, lack of provision, lack of miracles. There's no lack in God. The only lack is in us. And if we never have a need, if we filled ourselves with our wants and our desires and our ambitions, if there's no place of need, then we don't need him. And if we don't need him, then the oil won't flow. What's the, what's the oil? It's God's miraculous provision. What's the oil? It's whatever you need. It's whatever you need. If, if, if a doctor says there's no hope for you, you've got a space. You've got a need. You've got capacity. But if you've got space, God's got oil. You got a problem in your marriage and you can't solve it? You can't fix it? I know it's difficult. I know it's trying. But now you have space, baby. And if you've got space, God has oil. God's not threatened by your capacity. Oh, I know you don't see it as capacity. You saw it as emptiness. God's not threatened by your lack. I know, I, 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 I know you. everyone has lack. Everyone has difficulties, but God sees the things that we see that disqualify us as opportunities. He sees it as capacity. You know what I found? If, 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 if I measure wrong, if I measure wrong, if I measure my capacity wrong, I'll minister wrong. If, if I measure how much I need, your Christian life is not about you. Sorry. Came all the way, six flights on Southwest Airlines to tell you that this Christian life, it's not about you. It's about what God wants to do through you. That's why you got to get free. That's why you got to do brave life. That's why you got to be disciple. Not so that you can be super Christian, but because there are people that God wants to reach through you. And if you're not healthy, you're not going to be able to reach them. You don't have to be perfect, but you've got to be healthy. Which means i got to be free from my past. It doesn't mean I don't have to have a past. Everybody's got a past. It just means i got to be free from what bound me. Now my life is a testimony of where I once was. Nobody can relate, relate with your perfection. Nobody can relate with someone that's just always doing the right thing. you got some battle scars? Good. Now you can relate with people. You got a past, oh, you thought you couldn't be used in the church because of what you did? No, now you can't be used because now you can relate with people. Thank you, devil, for trying to kill me. You just gave me some ammo in which I'm going to flip around and minister to the people around me what the enemy meant for evil. God, you're working for my good. Devil, you should have killed me when you had the chance. You should have took me all the way out. But you left me with a little bit of hope. And you left me with a little bit of life. And a little bit too much. What you did in me, devil, is you created capacity. Yeah. Why don't you just praise God for what you've been through? Just for a second. Why don't you just use your voice and thank God for everything you've been through? Because God's going to use what you've been through. To minister to the people that you're going to. Come on. Your capacity is capped by your perspective of what you need. You need more than just enough for you. You need more than just enough for you. Her capacity, and we see this was capped not by the container. Or not by the commodity. The commodity is the oil. It was capped by the container. 
that if she would have had more containers, the oil would have kept flowing. You know what I see a lot of churches do? I see a lot of churches that in the beginning stages, they create space, take risks, do big things. But then at a certain point, they feel good about the progress. People, rooms get full, services get full, and people say, oh, that's, that feels right. I know people now. This feels good. So we should stop taking risks. We should stop. You know, let's, this, we, got a, we got a good thing going. Let's just keep it going. God's never called you to settle. He is, he's never called you to stop. The church of Jesus Christ is forever advancing. And we better get in line with what he's doing. The only thing Jesus is building on the earth is the church. I want to build what he's building. The only thing, the only thing that Jesus is building on the, on the earth is the church of Jesus Christ. I want to build what he's building. But to build what he's building, I have to recognize that we have to continue to make space. That's why if there's something that's uncomfortable in your life, it's okay. Because the discomfort is probably creating capacity. And if you create capacity then the oil of God will begin to flow. When this woman went to the man of God, she went to the prophet, and she went, and, and, and this is, I think, some of us, is, is that we feel disqualified, maybe, to be used by God in a great way. We, we feel undervalued, or we feel our past has disqualified us. And when she goes to the man of God, he asks her the question, what do you have in your house? What, what, do, you, what do you have? Now listen to this. The prophet didn't give her something. The prophet showed her something. The the prophet didn't give her something to use. He showed her something that was already in her. Do do you know that your pastor's job is not to give you something you don't have? Your pastor's job is to show you something you already have. It's to reveal in you that what you have been stepping over all these years is actually what God wants to use. I'll I'll show it to you. He says... What do you have in your house? And she's got, she says, I got nothing. I got nothing. That's why I came to you, prophet. That's why I came to you. I don't have anything except for that little small jar of oil. He says, stop. What did you say? Except all God needs to shake a city is an except. You thought, it was, you, thought you had to be on the worship team. You thought you had to preach. You thought you had all these skills and all these gifts. Nope. All you have to do is have an accept. So what is it you accept? It's, it's this. When I ask you, what do you have in your house? And you say, I got nothing, pastor. Except I know how to like organize stuff. And what? Stop. What's your accept? You, you got to stop trying to do something that, you do, that, that, that is outside of what God's called you to do. And you have to recognize what is your accept. Well, I want to be this. I want to know what's in your house. I don't have anything. How can God use me? All I have is a long history of pain. Except I'm still alive. Oh, oh, you made it through the pain. That except is all God needs to shake a city. That except is all God needs to stir something up. That except, the, the excuses that you've made about your life are the things that God wants to use to shake the world around you. What do you have in your house? I've got nothing, Pastor, except what is that except? Whatever that except is, is enough to change your city. 
Your accept is enough to change your marriage. Your accept is enough to change your family legacy. Your accept is enough to shake Miami. Your accept, nothing else, nothing outside of you, nothing that you have to get to, nothing that you have to attain to, only the thing that's in you. Her entire married life, she had stepped over this accept. But when crisis hit, all of a sudden the prophet helped her identify that the crisis created capacity and the capacity unlocked the commodity and the commodity was the thing that she had had in her house all along. I want to propose to you that what God's going to to do in you is not... I want everybody in this room to hear me right now. What God's about to do in you is not something you have to try to get outside of you. It's in you. We just have to unlock it. And I believe what God wants to do in this room is unlock something that's on the inside of you. I'm tired of weak Christianity that looks to other things and culture and things outside of us to try to define us and make us. We don't need anything outside of us. We need what's in us. And God already prepackaged you with every single thing you need to be the church, to be the man, to be the woman, the husband, the leader that God's called you to be. You have what it takes. You're not disqualified. You're not undervalued. God sees you. God's called you. God's appointed you. God's chosen you. And God has prepackaged you with a small jar of oil with a massive impact. Maybe you've been stepping over the thing that God wants to use. I remember years ago, I was, I was young and um, probably about six or seven and, and you know, talking and, and uh, as, as a young boy and I had a bad speech impediment. And I was embarrassed about my speaking because I couldn't say my R's. So when I talked, it sounded funny because I, anytime I said any word with an R, it sounded more like a W. And uh, I, I couldn't say it. And, and, and I was embarrassed. My dad was a pastor. And so we were around people all the time and talking to people all the time and meeting people all the time. And I was embarrassed. I remember at a young age, seven, eight, nine, I, I remember just being like so embarrassed, insecure about talking. And I would think like as I'm talking to people, what are they thinking about how I'm saying this? Because I knew I wasn't saying it right. And so I went to speech therapy and, and, um, and, and they corrected it. And I spent some time in speech therapy and I learned how to say my R's and learned my drills around the rugged rock, the rugged rascal ran. I don't even want to tell you how it sounded the first time. Well, I'll kind of give you a preview. Around the rugged walk, the rugged rascal went. That, that was like me. All right? So, you know, I didn't have a girlfriend. I had a girlfriend. Yeah, I know. I know. So I, so I need to work it out. And so I'm in speech therapy and they corrected it. They corrected it externally, but internally, the damage was done. And the reason I say it that way is that as I grew older, the same excuses, the excuses that I had for God not to use me in certain ways was because I couldn't speak. I couldn't talk. And it's funny that when I was 16 years old, I preached my first message. And I was getting ready to preach my first message, and, and I went to the, to, the, to the upstairs, maybe this upstairs bathroom, kind of tucked away, and I, I ran up there, and I was super nervous, preaching my first time, 16 years old, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I, I'm worried about talking. 
And so I'm super nervous. I'm looking in the mirror like, you can do this. Come on, Dustin. You can do this. Come on. God's going to use you. You're anointed. Oh, God, please help me. And, 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 and I leaned against the counter. And some of you men, like, you don't know how to use paper towels, like, really well. And the water goes everywhere. And so I leaned against the counter. I'm giving myself a pep talk. And I leaned back. And I had this wet strip. You ever leaned against the counter? Never touched the counter, man. It's rookie mistake. And so I untucked my shirt and I pulled it down to like cover. And I'm thinking, man, this doesn't help my confidence at all. And, and, and I went out and, and, and I'm preaching. And two conversations are going on in my head as I'm preaching. One conversation is what I know God wants to say. The other converse, conversation is all of my own doubts and fears telling me how no one wants to hear what I have to say. That everybody is wondering how I'm saying things or why I'm saying things that way. Because the insecurity that hit me when I was a child followed me as I became a man. Then when I was 19 years old, I felt like God was calling me into ministry. Now there's a problem with the type of ministry I felt like God was calling me into. Because the type of ministry I felt like God was calling me into, it required me to speak. But I hated getting up in front of people because the conversations in my head were so damaging because I would hear what God was saying. Like right now I'm preaching, but there's another conversation going on in my head. Even still to this day, I struggle with insecurity and fears about being vulnerable and talking in front of people and people recording it and going on the internet. And people, What are people saying? Because what happened when I was a child followed me into... My manhood, the problem's gone externally, but the damage is done internally. So when God called me to go into ministry, I said, God, like I'd love to do some sort of ministry. I just don't want to preach. Hey, Dustin, what do you want to do for God? I'll do anything except, uh uh-oh. You ever use that word? Except. God, I'm, I'm your man. You need faith, God? I got it. You need someone in the, in the, in the nursery? I'm your guy. You need someone in children's ministry? I'm good. I got it. You need someone to run some cables, throw some lights up? I'm good. The only thing I can't really do is just, 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 except for, God said, oh, we have an accept. What's your accept? What's your, what's the thing that you said you couldn't do because you couldn't, value yourself enough what's the thing that you said I'll do anything except that because the the reason we usually say accept is not because we actually don't want to do it it's because we're afraid of doing it I'll do anything except lead a small group the reason you don't want to lead a small group is not really because you don't want to lead a small group the reason you don't want to lead a small group is because you have fear that you're not going to do it well I'm going to tell you this. God doesn't need gifted, perfect, polished people. He needs obedient people. People with a yes in their spirit. People with a yes in their hearts. They say, God, whatever you ask me to do, the answer is yes. I don't see anything in this house. I don't see anything of value. I don't see anything of worth. I just got this. This is all I got. God says, that's all I need. Now, wherever you create space, I'm going to pour that little oil. Do you know how big those jars were that she collected? We're talking about, we're talking about a small jar of oil. To the human eye, what is in this jar, that's not going to fill up that jar. That's why it's supernatural. 
That's why it's supernatural. What I have is this. It's small. It's insignificant to the outward eye. But to God, He is not looking for me to show up with large containers of gifts and talents and say, all right, I'm ready to lead in the church now. He's looking for a person with battle scars and wounds with a yes in their spirit and passion in their heart. And all He's asking is if you've got a little jar of oil, if you have a little accept, will you begin to pour it out? Now this is wild. As long as she was pouring, the oil flowed. You've got to see this because as soon as she stopped pour, you know what I see with mature believers sometimes? In the beginning, they're just pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. Then after they've been in the church a little while, they get a little stuffy. You know the problems I have in my church? Are never with the people that just got saved. No, man, people just got saved on fire. I love it. I love it. I love it. I had a guy come up to me a little while back. He came up and, and he's like, Pastor Dustin, man, that was effing awesome. My church is like, oh my. I'm like, I love that. I love that he didn't know that he probably shouldn't say that. I love that, that he can't define it. But when we get older and we get more mature, we get stuffy. And when we get stuffy, we stop pouring. And then we blame the church and we blame the pastor for the oil not flowing. But the oil not flowing is not anybody else's fault. It's your fault. If you would begin to pour it out, God would begin to let it flow. If you would make space, God would release oil. God releasing His supernatural power is on us. It's not someone else's problem. It's my problem. And if I would begin to take risks, if I would begin to step out in faith, if I would begin to trust the accept that I have, God will take my small jar of oil and He'll fill large jars that need what I have. Your city needs you. Your church needs you. Your family needs you. We need you free. We need you on fire. We need you blessed. We need you brave. We need you courageous. We need you prophetic. We need you full of the Holy Ghost. We need you full of power. We need you full of fire. And you get it by pouring out. You gotta find a place to serve. You gotta find a place to pour out. You gotta find someone to encourage. You gotta find someone to strengthen. Someone to comfort. Someone to come alongside. Stop disqualifying yourself and allow the Spirit of God to release boldness on the inside of you and set you free to change your world. Come on, would you stand up with me right now? I believe this prophetically, that God is releasing boldness in this room. Boldness to use the small thing that you have to do the big thing God's called you to do. God's going to release oil. God's going to release oil. You know what we're doing with this building? We, Pastor David already prayed for us. And you guys prayed. We're creating space. The only way it happens is if God comes through. The only way we can pay for it is if God comes through. But I learned a principle in the Word of God, and it is this. If I can create the space, God will release the oil. Oh, if I can make space, God will release oil. How many of you feel like in this room, and I won't pray for you, I, b- I believe the power of God's in this room. I can sense from the moment we stepped into worship, you can sense the power of God. On this Saturday morning, I'm telling you, God wants to shake you out of immobile thinking and immobile faith that says, I'm waiting on God to give me something. You have something. It's your yes.
you have something, it's your obedience. If you feel in this room like I'm ready to give God everything, I'm ready to give Him my yes, I want to pray for you because I believe this next couple months are going to be months of miracles. I believe this will be months of increase. I need you to get ready for what's about to happen in your church. At Brave Church, you're not going to have room to contain people. Of problems, no parking, no space. You're gonna have to go serve at other campuses. You're gonna have to make we need all we don't need you to attend, we need you to lead. How can I lead? Because you have an accept. That's all we need is a yes. And if you've got a yes, God will use that yes to change a city. Miami can be one for Jesus. Miami can serve our God, but it takes a yes from the people of God saying, God, use me, use my accept, use it now. Come on, if you got a yes in your spirit, why don't you just lift your hands? Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that a breakthrough spirit would come on every person now, that every person that has a yes in their spirit, God, you would begin to use their accept to change their world. God, if we have space, you have oil, so release your oil now in the name of Jesus. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.